Uh, Cameron, why don't you tell me something that's pretty weird? Ooh, some weird facts. Did you know that a quarter of all of your bones are located in your feet? Eh, That's not weird enough. Give me something weirder. Uh, all right. Did you know that sunglasses were originally designed for Chinese judges to hide their facial expressions in court? Mm, That's still not weird enough. Not weird enough. Did you hear about Al? Okay, that's pretty weird. It's very weird. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Region Unlocked, the weirdest podcast. Actually, no, there's there's a lot of weird podcasts out there. We're just a podcast, Region Unlocked. My name's Cameron. And hey there, I'm Jake. And I gotta say, we can still be the self-proclaimed weirdest podcast. Let's go with that. I mean, we can self-proclaim whatever we want. Yeah. We're That's also good for me. a good substitute for vitamin C. Yes. Yes, we absolutely are. Because um, you will feel, good. You'll feel so much better after listening. That is very true. And if you're listening to us outside in the bright sun, you will also get a supplement of vitamin D. So um, just don't stay out too long because you'll get a sunburn. That would, that would be bad. That's not our fault. We don't take responsibility for that. Region Unlocked, bringing you pointless health facts. So today <laughs> it is July 2nd as we we're recording. Anyway, exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Jake, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? Mostly pretty standard stuff compared to last week. Uh, I've been getting used to the whole office gig in my Japanese company. So I got to say, getting used to a kind of a managerial type position in a Japanese company has been extremely eye-opening. Like, Mm -hmm. it's one thing to work in an office. It's another thing to work in a Japanese office. There's a lot of unspoken rules and things that you have to do or not do. So it's been kind of a, it's been a journey of trial and error getting used to that. Oh yeah? You should speak of some of those. Enlighten us. Oh, absolutely. Well, here's a little bit of a Japanese cultural lesson. Uh, If you work in a Japanese office, you will be dealing with a lot of um, otsukare sama desu. And that is a saying that you say to other office workers. And there's no direct translation to it in English. Uh, It's basically kind of like a work greeting. That basically kind of means, um, like, do your job well. <laughs> it's all, huh. it's, it, you say it all the time. You say it before meetings. You say it after you do a report. You say it when you see another coworker. I mean, heck, one dude even said it. Had said to me when I was walking out of the bathroom. Like, it's just, yeah, huh. <laughs> it's Weird. interesting. Otsukaresama desu. Yeah, a lot of bowing. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. just head bowing, and um, a lot of Japanese for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Uh huh, um, but big emphasis on like a formal presentation. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I would say it's kind of chill in some regards. In other regards, in other regards, you got to be a little more on your toes and present yourself well, especially to, to your superiors. Because right. um, in, in Japanese culture, you kind of do have to treat your superiors differently, as opposed to American culture, where you, like you can kind of be on the same level in some regards. Like if if you see your boss, you have to be very polite to them, like right. exceptionally so, compared to your uh, peers. So, 
Okay. There's some stuff for you. Cool. About a Japanese company. Well, I'm glad it's going mm-hmm. okay. That it is. It is going daijobu, which means okay in Japanese. <laughs> nice. Yes. N- nice. <laughs> is that Japanese? Uh, it's English, but you will hear that in Japan because it's an English word. And okay. English is trendy here. You'll hear young people say nice. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool, huh? It's cool. So what about you? Uh, nothing. Stuff? Summer break. Nothing? Didn't I didn't even play a game this week, I don't think, other than a few rounds of Halo. But okay. uh, I just listened to Weird Al, I guess. Ooh, me too. All right. That's some fun stuff. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So today is a little interesting. I know we... We lean towards video games, but really, our podcast is nerdy things from our past. And, you know, we've covered movies before for that reason. But today, we're covering music. In particular, Weird Al Yankovic, the musical genius who takes other people's music and makes it better, in my opinion. And uh, I'm excited to be talking about this. This was a pretty big part of us growing up. And we're going to talk about some music. We're going to talk about his life and, and all the goods and bads and uh, a lot, basically. So let's just go ahead and get into it, Jake. Go ahead and uh, start us off with some some knowledge. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start off with just kind of a brief synopsis of his early life and kind of his start, basically when he got popular um, for the mm-hmm. most part, which was, what, like 40-something plus years ago? It's been a while, but he's put a lot out cool stuff out since then anyway uh weird al yankovic was born on october 23rd 1959 in downey california however he was not raised there he was raised in linwood california mm-hmm. so straight out of linwood yeah he might be able to say he was straight out of linwood right yeah <laughs> but i'm ting <laughs> all right <laughs> so mm, uh from an early age he started accordion lessons um, at the request of his parents, who kind of, uh, not forced it upon him, but made him do it. So I guess, yeah, they forced it on him. Um, but when he uh, <laughs> started, it was the day before he turned seven years old. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, in school, he was considered academically advanced compared to his peers. Mm-hmm. And he thusly skipped a grade. So because and, of that... Well, and he started a grade early. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. So he was definitely the youngest in his class, and he was therefore labeled a nerd early Mm -hmm. on, in his own words. (laughs) Well, I think... Okay, yeah. But people were (laughs) calling him Weird Al later. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Mocking him. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, yeah, that happened a little bit later. So uh, he wasn't really big into, like, clubs or any social things or sports or anything like that, but he was involved, and I have to say this, he was involved in the National Forensic League, which is very, very similar to theater. It's kind mm-hmm. of like the companion to theater. And yeah. that makes me really happy inside. I did not realize that, so I had to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he was also involved in yearbook and something called the Volcano Worshippers Club, <laughs> which he said was completely pointless. They just got a picture in the yearbook. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah. So <laughs> uh, he did get interested in like very kind of strange, obscure music styles and comedy early on when he was listening to a radio program called Dr. Demento. Mm-hmm. And he was super into that. And his mom did not like him listening to this, but he still found ways to listen to it. 
So Dr. Demento actually came and talked to Al's school once, and while he was there, Al gave him a self-made demo tape of a parody <laughs> song that he made. And this song was called Belvedere Cruisin', and it was about his family's car. <laughs> so, interesting, right? Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is already starting. And Dr. Demento actually played it on the air and thought it was a great song. So thusly, right there, we might arguably get the start of Weird Al's music career. But he's not mm -hmm. called Weird Al yet. That's going to be coming very soon. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, yeah, totally. He did graduate as valedictorian in his high school. Again, he was a nerd. Very smart. <laughs> I just feel bad for his classmates. It's like, here's a kid <laughs> that started preschool like a year early, then skipped a grade. Uh -huh. So he's 16 and uh -huh. the valedictorian of, their, of these 18-year-olds. I wonder how any of them who gave him a hard time back in school are feeling now. But um, <laughs> hopefully they changed their minds. Yeah, hopefully. Um, he became a DJ in college uh, and he also studied architecture, which I thought was really interesting. So this was where he got the name Weird Al. He was apparently mm -hmm. very weird <laughs> or kind of a, considered an outcast by the people who lived in his dorm. So they named him or nicknamed him Weird Al, and that was kind of unflatteringly so. But he decided to kind of adopt this and turn it into his persona while he was a DJ, um, basically his professional persona. And he would continue to play his original parodies on the air to, mm -hmm. of the radio. Uh, so here's where his big break comes, right? The song My Sharona by The Knack was really big at this point in 1979. It was mm -hmm. a chart topper. And he created an original parody called My Bologna. Ooh, my little hungry one, hungry one, open up a package of My Bologna. Ooh, I think the toast is done, the toast is done, tapping with a little of My Bologna. Right, which he played on the accordion. And he recorded this song, or this version of uh, My Sharona, My Bologna, in a restroom because of the good acoustics, apparently. And he gave this copy to the Knack, the original uh, band to perform My Sharona, mm -hmm. and they loved it and sent it to Capitol Records, and they released it as a single. And then they gave him a six-month recording contract. All right? Mm -hmm. So he's starting to, like, climb the, climb the ladder of the ranks here. And in 1980, he became a guest on the Dr. Demento show. Over the next couple years, he formed a band and released I Love Rocky Road in 1982. Mm -hmm. Great song. I still have very fond memories of that song. It was one of the first I ever heard of Weird Al. And that became a hit on the Top 40 radio. Uh, that's just crazy that so many of his songs like really got big. Was on like Top 40s, Top 100s and all this stuff. Uh -huh. and, and maybe we were a little too late to that. Because, you know, uh -huh. his heyday was late 80s, 90s. Because I don't think I've ever heard him on the radio before. But oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's just, it's so weird that, that higher-ups were fine with this. You know, playing uh -huh. parodies of these real songs. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, discussion about why they became so popular. One of them being that his songs are so close to the original. Like, down to the beat and down to the tune and the key. Mm -hmm just with different words. So that makes them recognizable and people like something that they recognize, right? And right. that's what makes him kind of stand out um, initially as a parody artist. So uh, his first album was released in 1983, which was called Weird Al Yankovic, right? Mm -hmm. And 
this is where he starts to get a little bit bigger. So he made a music video for this, uh, his song Ricky, which is a parody of uh, Tony Basil's Mickey. And that's what broke into the top 100 music videos on MTV. That is when Al decided to pursue music full time and he quit mm -hmm. his mailroom job. And from there on, he becomes moderately famous, basically into the popular person. We start to know him at this mm -hmm. point. So Cameron, I've got a question for you. What, what are some of your opinions or thoughts about some of his earlier works? Like, cause I know you've listened to a lot more than I have. Um, it's kind of interesting where he's got a few that are, are really, really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, others, not so much. So if, uh, if we talk about that first album, Weird Al Yankovic from mm -hmm. 1983, uh, obviously the, the track seller is my Bologna, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Another big one on there was another one rides the bus, period. Oh, yeah. Bites the dust. And yeah, I was yeah. listening to that yesterday, and boy, does the recording quality suck on that song. Riding in a bus down the boulevard, and the place was pretty packed. Yeah. But a seesaw had to stand with a pervert in the back. It was smelling like a locker room, there was junk all over the floor. We're already packed in like sardines, but we're stopping to pick up more. Look out! Another one rides the bus. Another one rides the bus. And another comes on, and another comes on. Another one rides the bus. Hey, he's gonna sit by you. Another one rides the bus. It seems like is is this still the bathroom version? Did they not re-record this at some point to put it on here? But not a lot stood out to me there, and it wasn't till his second album in 3d weird Al in 3d 1984 where he had eat it which was mm. the main single on here a parody of beat it by michael jackson and it's like the music video is incredible and this one this is where it's like wow his band is talented when it, when it nails the that guitar solo in the middle of that song it's like this is awesome <laughs> And the music video is really good because it's like shot for shot the same music video as Beat It. Yep. Yeah, his early stuff, there, there's some good stuff, uh, especially Dare to be Stupid, uh, just because that <laughs> song is so freaking goofy. But then uh, I think Poka Party from 1996, uh, nothing really good there. No good singles. Okay. And then, I, I don't know, tell me when you want me to stop, because <laughs> I can just keep going through each album. Oh, it's it's all good, man. Uh, one thing I noticed about his earlier work is he does use his accordion an awful lot, and mm -hmm. it's not until a little bit later that you see it only sporadically. But for those first few songs, it was like all accordion, and he's like, it's it, it's cool because you know it's Weird Al, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. The, that first album, especially, is mostly mm -hmm. accordion. Yeah, it's true. Good stuff. It's not my favorite stuff either for some of the same reasons that you said. Just I'm not as familiar with some of those older songs 
And mm-hmm. I think Eat It was probably the first one that I actually really got into because I did like the musical vi- or the music video and I did like the fact that it was a Michael Jackson song. Yeah. But for me, it was probably a little bit later that I got super into Weird Al. Yeah. So speaking of Michael Jackson, he actually credits Michael Jackson for a lot of his success because mm. he was kind of the first big artist to give him his blessing to do these mm. songs. And yeah. Uh, He even let him shoot the music video for Fat like on the same set for another video that Michael Jackson had done. So it's like the exact same place. And because of that, because, you know, Michael Jackson was so revered, Uh other artists kind of looked at that and it's like, oh, Michael's on board. Weird Al's all right. And yeah, yeah, a lot of success came from that. Mm, mm. It's true. Yeah. I remember reading about that as well, that Michael Jackson was a big fan. And um, what I found interesting was that Prince hated (laughs) Weird Al. Yes. (laughs) Prince is For whatever reason. I mean, Prince has always seemed super pretentious, but. Yeah, but like (laughs) the fact that he sent Weird Al a letter stating stating, you cannot look me in the eyes. (laughs) Like, what is that? That's just like. (laughs) Yeah, so for those those who don't know, Weird Al's great in that he seeks permission from these artists before Mm. parodying their songs. And he would, every few years, check in with Prince, see how his, if his mind had changed, like, hey, can I do this parody? Can I do this parody? And yeah, they Mm. were at like a music award ceremony, both in the same row. And he got a letter saying, do not look Prince in the eye. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But I wonder what changed because he did eventually in Alpalooza 1993 put out Traffic Jam, which is not a direct parody, but it's a style parody of Prince. Um, Okay. So it's very similar to Let's Go Crazy. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's probably, and this is just my own theory that Al got to the point where he was becoming revered by all of the music industry because it did get to the point eventually where a successful artist was honored or flattered to be asked by Weird Al if their song could be parodied, Mm -hmm. you know? Was that uh, Nirvana? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually true. Yeah. I love how (laughs) he asked, he asked Nirvana if he could do their song and they're like, yeah, it's not about food, is it? <laughs> so many of his songs are food related. But he says, no, it's about the fact that no one can understand the words in your song. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. And so they loved that. And apparently they were just like dying, laughing, watching the music video for this song. And I can't imagine for the band to be watching that and see the shot for shot similarities, but then the absurdities added into it. Because I watched them both last night. Like, side by side. I did notice that the tempo was a little faster in Weird Al's version to make it a little different. But yeah, it's funny because a lot of it is so ridiculous. Uh, just the people being tossed around and all this chaos happening and and him, like, screaming right up in the camera. And then I watched the actual video. It's like, oh, a lot of this isn't even parody. It's just exactly the same that he was doing in <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's true. 
Um, and of all of his discography and all of his songs, I believe that half of them, I think it's half, are direct parodies of famous songs. Like, he's got some original stuff, but... Yeah, I didn't realize that so much. Mm. I just assumed, because what year would you say, or how old were you when you started listening? Oh, gosh, maybe eight or nine-ish. It was like fifth or sixth grade for me, so I was older. Oh, well, in that case, it had to have been about then, because you were the one who who introduced me to Weird Al. Mm. I was introduced by Jason. Hey, Jason, thanks for playing some Weird Al for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So since I was young and it was like the year 2000, he's got 20 years of music that I didn't even know what the parodies were of, right? (laughs) So I just assumed that every song was a parody. And if I didn't know what song, it's like, yeah, because I've never heard that song before. It wasn't really until research and then I realized that half of his songs are originals, but they're style parodies, in quotes, where uh-huh. it's not an actual song, but it's it's made to be like them. So, for example, um, I used to love the song Young, Dumb, and Ugly, uh-huh. uh, which is on Alapalooza, uh-huh. and that's a style parody of ACDC, but not <laughs> any song in particular. And then mm. we got Frank's 2000-inch TV, which is like R.E.M., and... Yeah. You Don't Love Me Anymore. It's like James Taylor. Yeah, yeah. I think Ringtone is a parody of Queen. Ringtone? Yeah. I didn't even see that song. Yeah, that's uh, in Apocalypse. Oh, okay. I didn't really listen to that one so much. Mm. Okay. So, um, yeah, let's, let's keep talking here. Cool. About his life. I guess... As you were saying, he was, he was super successful, and then it kind of it dropped off a bit. So as we got to, I guess, the late 80s, really, he was struggling with uh, UHF. So mm. he put out this movie, UHF, yeah. and it bombed. It, it bombed yeah. terribly. And because it's just, a, it's like a weird, you know, indie movie, but it was also up against... <laughs> Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Ghostbusters yep. 2, Batman, 007, like a yep. box office bonanza, this sort of <laughs> one. And so, of course, this weird movie isn't going to work. And it is weird. Have you seen <laughs> this movie? Oh, I've seen it quite a few times. I love it, but it is weird. Like, it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got like a cult following now. Uh-huh. And people love it because of how strange it is but mm-hmm. if you've not seen it i've only seen it once uh, i highly recommend it it is goofy it's al has basically taken over a uhf tv station and it's just making all of his own content for it and yeah. it's got uh it's got like, a decent number of guest stars it's got uh what fran fran drescher dress what how do, you say, how do you say her last name I don't know. I think it's Tresher. Fan, Fran Tresher, okay. uh, Michael Richards, also known as Kramer, mm. uh, Victoria Jackson, who I do not know. Silly movie. But because of that, it bombed, and the album that he put out with it is not very good. Oh, yeah. It's got a few songs that are from the movie. 
but not really any good singles. The only one I would recognize really is The Money for Nothing, Beverly Hillbillies. Yep. And I do love that one. And as I found out, uh, part of why I loved it is like, man, this is spot on. I love that guitar riff in the beginning. Turns out that is uh, Mark Knopfler, or however you say his name, the guy from that band. And that was part of their agreement. It's like, yes, you can do the song, but I'm playing the guitar. And then, for some reason, the lawyers of this band made him keep the name Money for Nothing slash Beverly Hillbillies. Which, you know, because that's what the original song is called. Money for Nothing. And his version is so much better anyway. The original song (laughs) is stupid. I will. I mean, you've listened to this, right? It's just about... We yeah. gotta move those refrigerators. Yeah, we gotta move suck. those color TV. Like, what is this about? A moving company? Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it's really ridiculous. The lyrics are terrible. <laughs> it's about like being jealous of rich people. Mm. Like, it's just you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing you mentioned earlier. It, this movie flopped because it went up against Indiana Jones. The very first scene in UHF is an Indiana Jones parody. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's so funny. the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark, if you don't know, is Indiana Jones going through this temple full of traps to get this golden idol and escape with his life from this giant boulder. Well, Weird Al does the same in the beginning of UHF, and except instead of a golden idol there's an academy award and he just like <laughs> grabs it and runs off but when he exits the cave the boulder keeps following him and like it chases him across the world like to egypt and europe and at the very end he like so gets yeah he gets squished by this boulder and then he wakes up realizing that he was just daydreaming at his day job at some like fast food joint but that's mostly the humor of the movie but it's you know it's super random but it's well written like the movie is actually good. It's it's quality, but it's so random. Watch it if you can. I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, it is great, but not successful. Let's see what's in the box. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Stupid. You're so stupid. So it actually. Uh, was a bit of a slump for him because if you look at his discography it was a new album every one to two years throughout the 80s and uh, UHF was 89 and he didn't put out Off the Deep End till 92 and that's where it's got Smells Like Nirvana that was actually really tough for him to get that out because as he was planning it he wanted to parody uh, Black or White or is it Black and White I don't know by Michael Jackson, because that was the mm. hit at the time. He was going to make yeah. it uh, snack all night. And when he asked Michael Jackson about that, uh, he declined because he said it, he wanted the message of of that song to stay intact. Like, he thought it had a good message and didn't want okay. it parodied. So he's like, yeah, I understand, but he, he needed a single. And mm-hmm. luckily, that's where Smells Like Nirvana came in, which okay. kind of helped save that album. Um, but after that, I think... He was pretty successful going forward. Alapalooza, I wrote down, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven songs that I really liked on this one. It's got Bohemian <laughs> Polka, which is just yeah. the uh, polka version of Bohemian Rhapsody, which again uh-huh. was the first time I'd ever heard the song. It was the only way I knew it. And I remember being at the skate corral 
and Bohemian Rhapsody comes on. Uh-huh. And I'm like, whoa, what? This is a real song? Like, I, I didn't know what it was. I remember I went up to the booth to request it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, the song you're playing. What, I think, like, Weird Al has his own version of this. And the guy's like, yeah, I know. It's Bohemian Polka. I'm like, can you play that next? And he's like, yeah, we'll see. No, they didn't play it next. But... <laughs> Uh, wow! I like that. That that skate crowd guy had a lot of weird Al. He would he would take requests. Okay, that's awesome. You're talking about Al Palooza, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. The key song on that, um, oh, what's it called? Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. That's it. Oh my gosh. So okay, I love the original MacArthur's Park. That's like I don't know if one I've of never my heard that. It's super like '60s, um, like just kind of interesting and very long it's a great song and i love it and i also love jurassic park but mm-hmm. the last time like okay first i love jurassic park and i used to listen to it all the time but i kind of forgotten the you know i guess connection i never really made the connection that it was macarthur's park because i um was so young at the time mm-hmm. and then i listened to it recently in prep for this episode and i'm like oh my gosh that's macarthur's park and I just kind of like thought to myself, why did I never know this? It's been like 15 <laughs> years. So needless to say, when I realized that it was this blooming, you know, surge of awesomeness <laughs> and then kind of a re- revitalization that there's a lot more parodies that I need to listen to that I didn't probably realize when I was younger. You do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so fun story about Jurassic Park. I think it's just so silly how impressionable I was. And maybe mm-hmm. maybe we forget just how impressionable kids are. Uh-huh. And I had never even seen the movie because I, I thought it was too scary. This song was too scary for me. Oh, really? And this was like in fifth or sixth grade, like old enough, you know. But just the thought of dinosaurs eating people. And I was listening <laughs> to this at Jason's house. And Jason... <laughs> like his house kind of butted up to these woods and I remember it being like a rainy evening. And all I could think about was like a T-Rex coming out of the woods Ooh. and it was, it was so scary for me. Wow. Sounds so dumb, but wow. uh, kids, oh my kids goodness. are more impressionable than we, than we realize. I guess so. Holy cow. I mean, he does, or the T-Rex does eat Barney in that music video. Exactly. That's some scary that's, stuff. That's a weird thing. <laughs> a weird thing about Weird Al. It's, it's funny because, so, he is a Christian, and because of that, oh, is he? I th- th- yeah, that comes out in his music, where there's, you know, there's no cursing, there's no alcohol, like, it, it's overall generally positive and just silly, but I think he goes a little too far the other way with, like, some weird gore stuff that, he, oh, that yeah. he'll sing about, and like, yeah, in the music video, that claymation, there's a lot of, like, claymation blood in it. Uh, he just ha- he had some songs that just made me very uncomfortable, and and I still get uncomfortable thinking about. And the night Santa went crazy, ground up poor Rudolph <laughs> into reindeer sausage, and I that made me like sick to my stomach to hear. Wow, I hated that so much, and <laughs> uh, oh, I forget what the song is called, but I, I actually love it now. Once there was this guy who. Made his wife so mad one night that she cut off his wiener and win. 
he finally came to. He found that Mr. Happy was missing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous song, but it's like, oh my gosh, wiener cutting. This is sickening. But now it's just funny. Oh boy. I mean, I guess he kind of does go a little bit far in some regards, like Jerry Springer. He, that's kind of <laughs> like, that's a little bit risque. Let's, let's be honest. It is. It is. <laughs> Great song, though. Yes, it is. It's very catchy. All right. Well, so let's talk about parodies and what that means. Hmm. So Bad Hair Day, 1996, the main single being Amish Paradise, the parody of Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. And this is where, like, the most controversy exists with him. Oh. Because uh, apparently he did not actually get permission from Coolio to do this. And there was a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of beef about this between the two of them. But he is technically protected by fair use law. Mm. And fair use law basically says it's not plagiarism if you're putting your own artistic spin on something. So, uh, I mean, this applies to a lot of things. It's uh, what allows, I guess, YouTubers and streamers to show other people's content, but it's, you know, them reacting to it. It's them putting their own twist on it, right? Mm. So that's the same thing. And even though it is legal, Weird Al does try to get permission from all these people to, you know, maintain good relationships and let everyone kind of be in on the joke. Mm -hmm. But this didn't happen with Amish Paradise, which I think is ridiculous because Gangster's Paradise is pretty much a parody of another song. Oh, really? Pastime Paradise by Stevie Wonder. So, everyone, I'm going to play a clip here. And you tell me, does Coolio have any right to be angry about this? So, here you go. sounds way too similar yeah now that's like basically sampled from the original well and it's 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 more than just a sample i mean if he's changed the words yeah but you know the the chorus sounds the same the bridges sound the same you know he changed out some parts for rap right mm-hmm. but it's like does he have the right to get this angry about it and mm. they since have buried the hatchet and fixed that uh i guess poor relationship mm-hmm. because coolio i think he just kind of acknowledged all right i was being pretty uh pretentious about this and 
it was just all silly and good fun. But he was also mad because he felt that it undermined the importance of the song. If whatever he was saying, whatever lyrics that were in there, so similar to Black and White by Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't want the parody to distract from the original. Mm. So, question for you, do you think that matters? Do you think it's he undercut Gangster's Paradise? From my perspective, no, because if it wasn't for Amish Paradise, I would have never, ever listened to Gangster's Paradise to begin with. And I think that's the case for a lot of his songs. If I hadn't heard Weird Al's version first, I never would have listened to the original. Mm, yeah, that's a really good point, actually. You know, there's a... They say that parody, what parody is the most sincere form of flattery. And the right. first thing I think of is Dwight when I say that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> like... Michael! It's, <laughs> it's It's true, though, you know? it's You're paying homage to the original in a way mm-hmm. and you know it, it's in a way like not exemplifying it but it's it, it's it's uh it's glorifying it in a way that is different so it's it's its own unique piece of art it's not the original you know it's not like you're taking the original and screwing it up you're taking the original and just doing something else with it you know mm-hmm. it's turning it into something different and i mean i could get all philosophical and stuff but it, it becomes something different so i don't think there's a problem with that yeah, I agree. I, I guess one part of me is like kind of understands just to kind of have something that you put your sweat and tears in and have mm-hmm. it hijacked by someone else to make it silly. I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I would need to have someone parody my work to see how <laughs> upset I'd get. That's true. You know, we are not victims of parody, so we don't know how it feels, right? <laughs> Unless someone's parodying this podcast right now. Maybe. Wow. If you are parodying it, though, like, I I feel so flattered. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Jake, let's take a quick break and then run right back with some scissors. Cool. Ha ha ha. So I was thinking about fair use. Yeah. And so I wonder, does our podcast fall into fair use with how much music I use in all the editing? And I mean, obviously this is a episode about music. I'm going to sprinkle a lot of songs in throughout this. Is that fair use since we're commentating on it and not just playing all that stuff? Would Nintendo disagree listening to all the Nintendo music in past Mm. episodes? They probably would. Yeah. Nintendo's lawyers are ruthless. <laughs> they are. Mm. But, I mean, we are commentating on it. And I think if it's like a small enough clip, then it's okay. Yeah, I agree. All right. So let's talk about Running With Scissors, which came out in 1999. Hmm. And, man, what an album. And this was Weird Al's reinvention of himself. He had gotten LASIK. Didn't need his big goofy glasses. He shaved his mustache, grew his hair out. He looks like a different human. <laughs> like he's still looks very goofy, but a completely different goofy person than he did in the eighties with his 
little afro and mustache and big nerdy glasses. Yep. And uh, it worked. It worked. He was quoted saying, like, if Madonna gets to change it up every two weeks, I should be able to do it at least every two decades. And uh, <laughs> it's still his look today. I'm surprised with how long he's kept that. But, uh, yeah, running with scissors. Oh, my. Th- this is the first weird album that I not only owned, but actually went out and bought myself with my own money. Hmm. I think that would have been Poodle Hat for me. Up until this point, uh, Jason had, like, every album. Mm. So we took efforts to burn each album, but not only that, we wanted to be a little more legit. So we we made like photocopies of the front and back of the album, put it in the little jewel case so it it looks like it. And then on quite a few of them, my mom had some like CD sticker labels that covered like a whole CD. So we would scan the disc in the scanner printed out and I'd put on like this paper copy on top and it looked almost exactly the same. Mm. Yep. I remember that collection and it was in that little, uh, vertical CD <laughs> dispenser that you had. And I remember being extremely jealous of you for having all those CDs. <laughs> I know exactly where that is at home. Nice. <laughs> still, still all there. Awesome. So yeah, running with scissors is a, a great album kicks off with the saga begins, which is, uh, American Pie through uh, Star Wars Episode One, mm-hmm. both uh, Don McLean, who I guess wrote the first one, yeah, and George Lucas absolutely loved it. Yep, a few other good songs on here to highlight a few. I didn't realize so uh, Germs. I really liked the song Germs, but I yeah. didn't know who Nine Inch Nails were. <laughs> so, so this is a style parody of Nine Inch Nails. And after listening to it again, I was like, oh my gosh. That is very much Nine Inch Nails. Hey, don't touch that. You don't know where it's been. They're all over me. They're inside of me. Can't get them off of me. I'm covered with. What do they want from me? What do they do to me? There's no escape for me. Yeah. All about the Pentiums, which is the... Uh, Great song for computer nerds, and although he's singing about how great Pentiums are, which isn't a thing anymore, Yep. <laughs> in 1999, he does make a joke about having like 100 gigs of RAM, <laughs> and still, computers haven't quite hit that. Like, yes, you can put in 120 gigs of RAM, but that's not common. Yeah. So it's like, wow, it, it's good that he didn't say like four gigs of RAM or something like that. That's like <laughs> nothing now. Yeah. For sure, for sure. There's so many memorable songs of that. I listened to that whole thing time and time again. One in particular mm-hmm. stuck out with me, and that was uh, your horoscope for today. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that grossed me out. It said you might wind up with your head impaled upon a stick. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't some handle of, listening to that. <laughs> just some of Weird Al's like, extremely random like humor, and every single bit of that song is just random. But I used to go around <laughs> to my friends. I, I would show off to them because I could recite that entire middle of the song where he like talks with one breath do it do it <laughs> now yeah <clears throat> give me a second 
Now you may find it inconceivable or at the very least a bit unlikely that the relative position of the planets and the stars could have a special deep, deep significance or meaning that exclusively applies to only you. But let me give you my assurance that these forecasts and predictions are all based on so on scientific documented evidence. So you would have to be some kind of moron not to realize that every single one of them is absolutely true. Where was I? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was great. Thank you. And was that was that still from the same memory or did you have to look it up since then? <laughs> so what happened was I was trying to recite it in my head prior to listening to that, that song for preparation for this podcast. And I was like trying to think I couldn't get all the words in there. But when I heard it again, it like all came back to me. Yep. <laughs> Embarrassingly so, having done it so many times for all my friends back in the day. Find it inconceivable or at the very least a bit unlikely that the relative position of the planets and the stars could have a special deep significance or meaning that exclusively applies to only you. But let me give you my assurance that these forecasts and predictions are all based on solid scientific documented evidence. So you would have to be some kind of moron not to realize that every single one of them is absolutely true. Where was I? <laughs> I can't do it in one breath, though. That's, that's weird. Yeah, that was, I did uh... count like three breaths in that, so... Uh... <laughs> You need to keep practicing. Yes, yes. <laughs> but obviously, the standout song here is Albuquerque, the 12 minute musical story of, I guess, going to Albuquerque <laughs> and all the weird stuff that happens there. And so, this is a style parody of Dick's Automotive by the Rugburns, <laughs> which I did not know was a thing. I just thought Albuquerque was him being weird, writing a weird 12 minute song. But it is actually very, very similar to Dick's Automotive. And if you have not heard that song, it's it can be just as bizarre. It's weird. It's kind of funny. It's also, it's got some parts in it that I did not like <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. So uh, listen to that at your own risk. But uh, it's still funny. And it's all still there. So Albuquerque... I did pride myself in, in pretty much remembering that whole thing because I remember just reciting the whole 12-minute story to you once. Yeah. Yep. I think this was before you'd even heard it. Uh-huh. It was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kids. I mean, that was like you, you recited the entire song to me because it, it, the song is mostly just a narration. Like, it's just mm -hmm. talking to music most of the time. Yeah. Other than Albuquerque. Yes. And when yeah, he tries to not spell it. Not a lot it. of actual singing. <laughs> it's true. Good song, though. It is great. So uh, moving forward from there, Poodle Hat was my first album that I actually bought. This was the first one that like, I bought as a fan for, some, for new Weird Al content to come out. And that was huge. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm actually here for new Weird Al. And some great songs on here. Couch Potato... You know, from Lose Yourself from Eminem, Trash Day, which is hot in here by Nelly. Uh, Ode to a Superhero, all about the first Spider-Man to the tune of Piano Man by Billy Joel. <laughs> eBay, um, which is I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. And then another uh, weird eight-minute song, Genius in France, which is just a very goofy song. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this album? It, it was good. There's a couple of good ones peppered in there. Um, mm -hmm. uh, is Constipated on that episode or on that album? Um, yes. Okay. I want to say that's the one by or the parody of the Avril Lavigne song "Complicated." Mm -hmm. That's the one I really remember. I think it's on that album. So this one was similar in re regards to "Running with Scissors." 
um, in the amount of times I listened to it. I never yeah. owned it though. I think this was another one that you might have lent to me at one point or told me about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good one though. Yeah, this might have actually been the last one I owned hmm. because I think kind of after this, I don't know if I had Straight Out of Linwood or if I was just listening on YouTube. Mm. So Straight Out of Linwood being hit, uh, came out in 2006, which uh, is where he's from, Linwood, California. <laughs> the big big one here is white and nerdy and i think this one really blew up for him and made him pretty popular again yeah so parody of right and dirty by chameleon air and even chameleon air <clears throat> won a grammy for this and he credits weird al because white and nerdy made his song so much more popular oh wow huh. yeah it's a good song. Th- this might have been the point where I only started listening from iTunes or like MP3 here on out. Yeah, that's mm. the same for me, I think. Did you know Key and Peele are in that music video? Yes, because I watched <laughs> it last night. I was like, oh my gosh, they're the gangsters at the beginning in the car. Yep, who drive away because he's white and nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, that song is so good. It is. You know, and, and the uh, background music is like almost completely the same. As the original, Bright and Dirty. It's just kind of cool. Like, oh my gosh, this is like the same song, but with different lyrics. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the goal here. That's Weird Al. He's doing it correctly yet again. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Had Canadian Idiot, Parody of American Idiot by Green Day. (laughs) And then Trapped in the Drive-Thru is an interesting one where it's just this awful... The whole song is just terrible. Like the beat in the background (laughs) is bad. And it's just this, like, argument with his wife of, like, where to go to get dinner. And they, they end up going through a drive through So this is all a parody of Trapped in the Closet by R. Kelly. Sorry to bring up R. Kelly, but at least he just got 30 years in prison. So uh, that's good, at least. But his Trapped in the Closet stuff is ridiculous. Yeah. It is the stupidest, most interesting thing I've ever watched. And I don't know where this originated in, but it's like a series of YouTube videos where he wanted to create like the the first hip hop soap opera, essentially. Hmm. And so it's just episode after episode of these like six to eight minute loops of this same song with just like this ridiculous stuff happening, this soap opera stuff. And uh, it's awful. It's so bad, but it's you just watch it and you're like, how does this exist? I am so intrigued by how much garbage is in front of me that you just can't stop watching it. Wow. Huh. So very weird. Very, very weird. Mm. Weird Al. Weird stuff for a Weird Al episode. Wonderful. <laughs> All right. Moving forward. Alpocalypse in 2011. This one, I've got no favorites. I don't think there's any good singles here. I don't think it's a great album. Hmm. I guess the, the most notable one is like Party in the CIA. Oh, but yeah. the original is already such a dumb, goofy song, Party in the USA by <laughs> Miley Cyrus. It's like it doesn't need a parody because it's already a stupid parody. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so it's true. I didn't listen to this one very much. Mm. The only one I remember from this is Ringtone, and that's the one I think yeah. done in the style of Queen. It's it's just a catchy song. Like okay. Yeah, nothing super memorable for me, but I think that the next one, Mandatory Fun, Mm -hmm. was pretty popular. 
Yeah. So Mandatory Fun, he announced kind of prior to it coming out that this was most likely going to be his last studio album. Mm. That has since been the case. This came out in 2014. And he is kind of just refocused to releasing digital stuff, just going straight to YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of any examples of of stuff he's put out, but he's kind of just really focused more on the social media, internet aspect of it. And I think he's done it very successfully. He's still been touring and and all that good stuff. Mm. But Mandatory Fun, I think, was a pretty good one to go out on. Uh, He had... Foil, which is Royals by Lord, Word Crimes, which is Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke, Inactive, which is Radioactive, Imagine <laughs> Dragons, uh, Tacky, which is uh, Happy. What, Happy by Pharrell Williams. Yep. And, and they all had like really good music videos to go with them as well. Yeah, they do. Those are some quality music videos. <laughs> I remember the music videos probably more than the songs, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love foil where he's just uh going over conspiracy theories and stuff and yep. the foil is what he's wrapping on his head yep. so the aliens can't probe his mind and then what Patton oswald is at the end and then <laughs> pulls off his mask and he's a lizard person <laughs> it's so great that's got to be my favorite song from that album Aluminum really foil. so i mean there we go that's all his albums which is a lot mm-hmm. he, he's had a busy 40 years doing all this stuff. I can't believe yeah. he's still doing all this. Those are just his albums. He's put out a lot of singles and a lot of other stuff that was never released on a mm-hmm. particular album, either because like it wasn't uh, like, like one of the um, uh, artists disagreed with the final product or it was like a movie tie-in or something. The best of which I remember is Polkamon, which was on oh. uh, Pokemon the movie 2000, I think. And it's just him doing a crazy fast polka tune on his accordion while he lists off Pokemon in like a rhyming order. So <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, Pokemon. Listen to it sometime. It's really catchy. Yeah, it was never released on one of his albums, but it was a tie-in for the movie. Grammy's Noble Bananas, Nike Chansey and Zubat, Smoking Ditto Butterfree, Lugia and Caterpie, Honest Polly White Goldie, Elicate and Nitto Queen, Victory Bell and Magneton, Everybody Pokemon! So outside of those main albums, he's he's been in lots of TV. He's he cameos and does voice work and stuff as well because mm-hmm. he has such a unique voice and, and personality. He has a, a very great whole episode about him on Thirty Rock, <laughs> where he keeps parroting Jenna's music, and Jenna is very upset by this, and so she decides that she's going to release a very stupid song that can't be parodied because it's already so stupid. <laughs> and so then he he normal owls it and turns it into this really beautiful patriotic song and everyone is just like so moved by <laughs> the song. That is great. It is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, did you watch the Weird Al show? Oh, yes, I did. Tell us about it. It wasn't in the original time period when it was released, which is like I think around the 1997 year year 1997 sorry Uh, but i did have the dvd collection and oh you do cool yeah so i watched that several times actually because it was just funny and like it's prime millennial humor very yeah very random and just goofy and childish and the show is 
for kids essentially uh and it's kind of a variety show but it takes place in this um cave that he lives in 20 miles below the surface of the earth right and oh, right. <laughs> the, the song or the, the actual theme song leading up to that is very random i guess and quirky but uh, it's kind of a variety show with very random characters he's got like he's got harvey the wonder hamster which is his pet mm-hmm. hamster that does does random antics it's a it's a puppet but like it does crazy stuff <laughs> when he's doing his uh, stunts but every time he gets harvey out it sings the harvey the wonder hamster theme song uh mm-hmm. he'll go to different parts of his cave to do different things like watch random clips and he even has like some popular guest stars on the show every once in a while and every mm-hmm. show ends with a musical guest that part never really interested me, but the goofiness leading up to that was pretty fun. That was still in his glasses, mustache, and long hair period. So, <laughs> or I should say curly hair period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. So I know it wasn't super successful. It got canceled after one season. Yeah, it did. May- maybe that lends to its, uh, its success now. It's like, <laughs> you know, cult following of just one season. That works out better. Yeah. Uh, he also had an interview show, mm. and I f- forget what it's called. But anyway, he had an interview show where he just took existing interviews and then cut it to him interviewing them instead. <laughs> and so the questions don't are like he's crafted these questions and their responses to just be hilarious because they're not the actual context of what was really asked in real life. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching this uh, one where he was interviewing Eminem. Yeah. And just how silly it was. And uh, at the end, Eminem punched him in the face, but it was clearly just someone else's arm coming off camera <laughs> and punching him. <laughs> Is that the one where Eminem is just constantly saying, know what I'm saying? And Al's saying like, yeah, I know what you're saying. And gets really <laughs> yes, mad. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. I need to look that up. Yes. Mm. Oh my gosh. So in the re-release version of UHF, uh, like the special edition DVD, which came out like in the, you know, earlier 2000s or like mid 2000s, mm-hmm. I should say, there's an option where like there's special features and you can't use it unless you flip this disc over. So if you flip it or if you click special features on side one, which is actually on side two, Al will walk on the screen and be like, Hey, I see that you clicked uh, special features that, that that's on the other side. And then he walks off. And if you <laughs> click it weird. again, he's like, Hey, what did I just tell you? It's on the other side. And then every time you click it, he gets more frustrated with you. <laughs> so that's awesome. There's weird Al for you. Always what a goofball. I know so many good details. <laughs> and that's all. That's about it, Jake. Weird Al, what a what a important part in our lives growing up. What a cool guy, a weird guy. Absolutely, this guy defined some of my humor style, and also mm-hmm. did get me into a lot of popular older songs that I didn't know about, but did because Weird Al did a parody of it, and I just looked it up. It's a good way to look up older music. To to end it here, do you think you could pick? an absolute favorite song of his Mm, that's really tough i don't have an absolute favorite i'll say one that's most memorable to me because Mm -hmm. it was probably the first one that i bought it was on itunes and i felt so proud of myself uh was yoda 
Yoda. Uh. I'm actually not a huge fan of that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like no, lyrically I I like it. Uh huh. Just the the style the song itself, Lola. Yeah. I just don't like. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> but <laughs> but Yoda's a good one. But I love that. Mm. No, that's good. I mm. mean, mm. it is a, a very good song. Yeah. When it comes to uh, describing Yoda and his carbonated soda of a bubbling swamp. That is true. <laughs> so yes, I agree with you. There's there's so much gold here. It's hard to pick one. Uh, a standout for me though is I had or have somewhere this DVD of like his top 20 music videos. Mm -hmm. I used to watch that a lot and there's some good stuff on there, but I think just dare to be stupid. (laughs) is one of my all time favorites. It's an original, but it is highly parodying Devo. And (laughs) all it is, is idioms, a bunch of idioms over and over again. Like it's time to let your babies grow up to be cowboys. It's time to let the bed bugs bite. Huh. And this stood out to me because in seventh grade, we had a, like a weekly idiom we would learn, you know, uh-huh. don't look a gift horse in the mouth, other examples I can't think of. And so I was just so proud. It's like, oh, I have the song that all it is is idioms. And the music video is just really funny as well. <laughs> I know that one. Very... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can hear you now. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So uh, there might be a bonus feature that I'm going to add in right here. So, if that's the case, check out this bonus feature. So, as a bonus feature, I was going to talk about going to see Weird Al in concert, but unfortunately, I had COVID at the time and was not able to go. But instead, let's talk about that movie trailer, guys. You know there's a Weird Al movie coming out? It looks incredible. So, if you haven't seen this trailer, or if you had and are very confused by what you saw... It is like a parody of biopic movies. Of course, Weird Al is doing a parody of movies and not of his actual life. So if you saw this, it's like, why is he having an affair with Madonna? And why? I don't think he had a problem with drugs and alcohol. No, he didn't. But it's just hilarious. And so it's also Daniel Radcliffe playing Weird Al. Probably the most un-Weird Al person that they could have got. And I think that's the point. And it looks incredible. It just premiered at the Toronto Film Festival and got incredible reviews. It comes out here on the Roku channel on November 4th. So if you have a Roku TV, that's how you watch it, which is weird. Just like Al, I guess. So there you go. Bonus feature. Go see this. I guess you can't go anywhere. Go get a Roku TV so you can watch this movie. And it's going to be great. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been uh, a great time reminiscing about Weird Al with my friend, Weird Jake. Haha. <laughs> Thanks for the shout out, Weird Cameron. Oh, you're quite welcome. <laughs> All right. Uh, my name's Cameron. And I'm Jake. And have an awesomely weird week. Hen no mina sama. Sayonara. By the way, that means weird people. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>
can just give up the ship You can eat a bunch of sushi then forget to leave a tip Do the Mr. Whoopin'